This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, podcasters. Uh, what a show today. We look at the uh, debate and tell you exactly our thoughts. It was surprising how many of us came to the same conclusion and same reference point from something we haven't even thought about since 1988. All of us came up to the same place. Nick DiPaolo joins us on this, so it's both scary and funny. Uh, Bloomberg and the coronavirus and a coronavirus uh, update, an hour on the long-form podcast that everybody should hear. Uh, What's really going on with the coronavirus? CDC came out with a pretty powerful statement yesterday that Americans need to start to prepare. I go through everything you need to know and how you begin to prepare and what to prepare for on that uh, update. Also, a reminder, if you're listening to this, you know, in the afternoon or the evening of Wednesday, Wednesday night at 9 p.m., we always do our Wednesday night specials on Blaze TV. And today is about Bernie's Bernie's radicals, uh, the absolute revolutionaries that don't mind violence at all. They are not progressives. These are communist revolutionaries. They are people that are extraordinarily dangerous. And that's who he has designing everything about his campaign. That's who he surrounded himself with. He's not a progressive. He's a communist. And you need to see that special. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Save 10% off your yearly membership by using the promo code GLENN. That's tonight, Blaze TV. What's on immediately before that? Any idea? Any, any, uh, I think we're just, it's a fill. Is I think fill? that's what it's just a, you know, like, you got anything to play? Oh, that's why they picked yeah. Stu Does America, yes, which is on right yes. before your special tonight. Yeah, what, what's your topic tonight? Um, we're going to be going over uh, some of the stuff about the candidates and stuff. It's a good little teaser to get into your big Bernie special because there's some Bernie stuff in there. We also have the author of a brand new expose on Elon Omar, uh, which is really in depth, and that's going to be really good as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, check it out. Yep. I think you like it. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Let me go to comedian extraordinaire, a guy who's never softened his approach. Uh, it is Nick DiPaolo. How you doing, I Nick? Saw- the only time I soften it was when I come on this show, Glenn, let's be honest. <laughs> well, and that's not really all that soft, which I appreciate. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, So, Nick, did you watch yes. it last night? Yes, I did. Yeah. Tremendous. Correct. While I was watching, I came up with a great idea for a sitcom, The Golden Guys. <laughs> <laughs> have, Ber- <laughs> have Bernie, Trump, and Biden living together. You know, Bloomberg is oh the uh, landlord. Yeah. And uh, Tom Steyer is the wacky gay neighbor. I mean, come on, this, this would make zillions. It it was it was crazy. I it felt like a really out of control nursing home fight, <laughs> didn't it? It really did. I was waiting for somebody to get hit with green jello yeah, and uh, pudding. And, 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 
I yeah, expected maybe a bedpan fly across yeah. the stage. <laughs> but the, what were the moderators? They they were like they might as well have been mannequins. They sat there and let that get out of control. You know what it reminded me, Glenn? They were like a boxing a boxing referee when one guy is like unconscious on his feet and getting the crap kicked out, and you're yelling stop the fight, and they just stand there and 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 do nothing. That's what it looked like to me. Well, well, they did nothing. It was, uh, what are you going to do? I, I said last What am last I going to do? I'm going to have a man moderator step in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to have a big burly guy, like a bouncer from a bar, right. go, hey! Knock it off! already! Yeah, I was thinking, you remember the old, uh, uh, the quiz shows where they put you in a soundproof box? No, I'm only 58. But Shut up. Uh, so <laughs> I think we should put them all in soundproof little boxes. Their podium and everything is in a soundproof box and they can all hear, but the mic just turns off so they can be in there behind the glass talking all they want, but we don't hear you anymore. Sorry. Yes. Time's up. Or even add a little, make it a little funny, have an air horn like you have, you know what I mean? <laughs> just <laughs> lean on that sucker for 30 seconds. That's not bad. I and was, I was right. thinking last night, trap door wouldn't be bad. Oh, my God. And, yes, they go through the floor. Controlled by the audience. And you have to have, it's like impeachment. You have to have 70% of the audience doing it. But I think we could have gotten that trapdoor at 70% of the audience. I think we could have gotten it pushed. Oh, my God. Can you explain to me, Glenn, and I'm being serious here. I, I, I don't understand. I, I know South Carolina, everybody's going for the black vote there. The country is 60, what, 5% white, 14% black. I, I'm... I don't understand like if well, you because get like if the, the Democrats here. the <laughs> Democrats have always had the advantage has always been the Democratic vote that's been the swing that they or well, that doesn't swing anymore but that's been their edge and if they lose Donald Trump won eight percent of the black vote if he wins 15 percent of the black vote this time they're done there's nothing they can do to win so the, the idea that the black vote may be in play at all is a very big deal because it shuts them out. But isn't it? A, I'm talking about overall votes. That's what it is. An election. You want to get the most number of votes. It's a tiny slice of the electorate. If you get a, if you get a half of one percent of the white vote, isn't that way more than you see what I'm yeah, saying? But, but it's yes. But you're, you're, you're everybody else is so locked in and the Democrats are in play. The Democrats uh, with the well, and, with the black vote, it's in play. And in, in, immediately, right, it's 40 percent of the Democratic uh, primary voters in South Carolina, as you point out, Nick. So, I mean, that's why they're focusing on it, at least at this moment. Yeah. Uh, no. But that's always that's always right, a group they're the, pandering the, the, to. But the final goal is a general election. I'm speaking overall. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I don't understand yeah, I, why they kill each other over the black vote. I don't. Tiny, I don't. It would, I, it's just math. It it's a, great legit, too. a sincere question. And I love the soup, by the way. You going to court later? Thank you. Oh. Yes, I am. So here's the here's here's the thing that I would like to get to is. Yeah. Can we just talk about Americans? I don't care what color you are. I really oh, don't. I do. Do oh, you, I do. Do you? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> just trying to make you nervous. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, who cares? <laughs> That's what I mean. If I'm a black person watching that debate last night, I'm insulted at the pandering and stuff. You know what I mean? It's enough of the, uh, that whole thing was like, I love black people more than you do. I care more. And if you listen to the total tone of the debate, you thought it was 1955. Yeah. 
You know? Oh, especially, especially with the defense of Castro. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In 1955, we didn't know that much about him. He hadn't really come to power. Today, we know all of the killing and everything else. That is, what was it when he died? Wasn't it? Was it nine billion dollars that his family had in the bank account now? Nine billion dollars. I mean, how do you do that if you're not raping the people? We no, know I, all I, no. This. Yes, exactly. And I think you guys are right about. Well, I love how like Liz Warren stuck with her lie about getting fired because she was pregnant. Right. We all know she didn't get pregnant. Nobody slept with that woman ever. Um, <laughs> that's not. That's no. That's not. How about? That's not. How about? And then Bloomberg. I I love the way Bloomberg came out and tried to say to Bernie that uh, you know Russia wants you to win, and 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 you guys are right. Buttigieg was the best. I think he's the best debater up there. But well, he's, a total he's the phony. He's really far more far left that he comes off yeah. with that little Midwestern smile and, and small town mayor. But he's, I, he's radical, too. But he is he's level headed. And didn't you think he was? A- well, I thought here, let me play this. This clip is from Saturday Night Live from 1988. This is George H.W. Bush by Dana Carvey. And uh, and what was his name? John Lovitz. Uh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Playing uh, playing Dukakis. Listen. Her name is Edda Munson. No, this is the wrong. She's 94. She's a widow living on Social Security and Sparta. This is the wrong cut. I don't know what I sent to you. I must have sent the wrong cut. That was from my last special. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, But you remember where Dana Carvey was saying, how am I losing to this guy? Thousand points of light. We're going to, you know, keep, stay the track. And he said, how am I losing? I think that is Buttigieg last night. Buttigieg was the one that was like, I mean, you want to talk about chaos? Look at this. Can you imagine this with Donald Trump? I, I mean, well, that, he was yeah. saying the things that I think the average person was thinking, which should help him pop through the top. But I don't know if he's going to. I can't, Well, he's definitely not in South Carolina. They're not big on uh, But uh, I, I, I think that... Um, <laughs> I don't know, Bernie. This is him toned down, America. Yes. This is Nick DiPaolo toned down. Can you tell? Yeah. Um, Today I, I just can. Cro- yes. I just crossed off nine of the jokes I had written yeah. here. Um, but uh, what did I want to say? I want. Oh, I, 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 Bernie is. Um, he's got the energy and everything. But, but Buttigieg was right about that. Can you? You think we're divided now? I thought that was the most salient point of the whole debate. Can you imagine if it's Bernie? versus trump you think we're divide i i'm hoping that's what it is so we can so we can put this uh socialist wet dream to bed you know trump will crush him like a bug won't he please tell me i'm right don't tell me there's enough people brainwashed i wish i could here's what concerns me populism and energy uh, yeah well both parties have i mean trump has the energy trump has the you know there you have Bernie Sanders, there'll be people who walking through walls of fire to get to the voting booth to vote for Donald Trump. But the same would be said with Bernie Sanders. I don't think there is many people, but maybe there is. But I mean, again, like when you have something like the coronavirus that comes in and wipes out the economy for six months, you know, just something like that is, is enough to. Is he, you know. Really, though, if that happens, they're going to blame Trump. I yeah, mean, of course they can't. are. <laughs> they they started it last night. No, but people are that dumb that they're going to, you know what? Yeah. You know, Trump slept with a Chinese lady at the Golden Garden last night. And he started. All, I mean, come on. Can't is you see this right your first that? day in America? <laughs> 
No, I know he's going to get blamed, but I'm saying people can, you just said it, Trump has this huge follow. I don't think that would be enough. I, I think and it's not going to, I, I, I believe Trump, it's going to be over by April Fool's Day. <laughs> he he's really got to not know. be on record saying those things. By the way, I sat next to a Chinese woman on a flight to Mohegan Sun with a live rooster on her lap last night. And have 102-degree fever. So I don't mean well, to be racist, but right. I wore a mask, by the way, too. Yeah. I saw a, sur- a guy. I saw it wasn't a, guy. a surgical mask. No. It was a, a, an SM mask. I, S&M okay, mask I, I had really. in college. Uh, well, it was a black rubber thing. Everybody's right, okay, looking at me okay, weird. I got it. So right. I was on a plane the other day, and I saw somebody wearing you a mask. Playing. And I thought my ticket was to sit next to them for a second. I thought, I'm not sitting next to the guy wearing a mask. I'm just not doing it. Might have been for his health, but it did not make me comfortable. It didn't yeah, make but me comfortable. What do you mean? It would have protected you. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I actually hit my thing and had the yellow cup come down. I put that really? over. They said that was illegal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I took Allegiant Airline. has the worst safety record. I looked it up. Right. In the United States. And I could tell because when the lady, this flight attendants were given that little spiel, you know, mm-hmm. nobody pays attention when they're doing mm-hmm. the demonstration. 150 people are playing like this. <laughs> they were, they were what? Nobody, everybody's paying attention. Like this could actually have, the cup came down. It was half melted. There was seaweed on it. And uh, I saved 50 bucks to Mohegan right. Sun. That's good. Um, That's good. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, Nick. Uh, yes, sir. The, uh, the last thing I want to talk to you about is the, is yeah. the coronavirus. Your thoughts on, you know, the CDC yesterday came out and said, hey, we might really want to start to prepare here in America for major disruption. That concern you at all? Yeah, because I'm flying. I've been on a plane three times this month. It didn't bother me, but now it's touching me. I get, I, I get nervous about it. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a simple solution, folks. Stay away from the bat soup at Applebee's. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> That's the deep, bad. The, the deep fried wings are delicious. Stay away from the bat soup. <laughs> okay. But, but of course, this. Uh, of course, I'm worried about that. It didn't really bother me until I look at my schedule. This is the most road work I got coming up ahead. And, uh, you know, the career's not going that well. So I don't know. The coronavirus <laughs> might be gonna, a blessing. Where are you going to be? Uh, where are you going to be? I'm going to be. I'm going to be Friday night, the uh, Decatur Civic Center, Decatur, Illinois. Saturday night, uh, Zanies in Rosemont, Illinois. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to show you, if you happen to be watching on the blaze, I'll describe it if you're just listening to us, but uh, play the video of the minister of health yesterday uh, in, uh, in Iran. He's just standing next to the guy. They're giving this press conference and he is sweating profusely. He's wiping his face. He's wiping his nose, uh, and they're saying, hey, there's a coronavirus thing going, going on. Well, he has it. He has it. So, I mean, you have a scene from Chernobyl, the series on HBO, yeah. where, like, all the state representatives are up there. Yeah. Hey, the, se- the, you know, the roof yeah. is fine yeah. up here. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not. I mean, it is, it's crazy what's going on. And the numbers in, in Iran don't make sense because they are worse than they are in China as far as the death rate. Uh, Tom Cotton has been trying to get to the uh, bottom of this. He is the senator from Arkansas. Tom, welcome to the program. How are you, Senator? Hey, Glenn. I'm good. Thanks for having uh, me back on. Good. Now, we found out, and I can't, I can't, I can't seem to figure this out, and I know you, you're the guy looking for answers, but um, 
the China State newspaper says that the coronavirus didn't come from bat soup in that market. They have not been able to find patient zero, and it, 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 it didn't come from there. And this is really important that we find these things. You said about, I don't know, six weeks ago that you were concerned that it might have been a weapon from that bio level four um, uh, plant, if you will, there in uh, Wuhan. Have you found out any more? What are we thinking this actually where this actually came from? No, Glenn, we haven't found out anything more, in part because the Chinese Communist Party continues to restrict access to Wuhan uh, in general and the laboratory in particular and continue to be dishonest and deceitful about this virus. However, I would note that just over the weekend, the Global Times, which is the Chinese Communist Party's international propaganda rag, admitted that their first origin story, which you cited, Glenn, that it came from a food market in Wuhan, was false. That was conclusively established by Chinese researchers over a month ago um, in the report that I was citing in mid-January. That virus went into the market before it came out of the market. At least 14 of the first 40 cases had no contact with the market. So it raises the question, where did it originate? And we don't know. Now, it could have been another food market. It could have been a farm. It could have been a food processing facility. But obviously, when you have... China's only super laboratory that deals with human infectious diseases, including the coronaviruses, just a few miles away from the food market, it is only responsible and reasonable to ask the question. You don't even have to say that China was engaged in dark biological weapon research there. You simply say they had bad safety practices. Maybe they were researching vaccines or diagnostic tests or therapeutic drugs. But they simply won't provide us any answers. And until they provide us the answers, until we can get our hands around how this outbreak started, we need to ask the questions and demand answers from the Chinese Communist Party. So is there anything I thought of you immediately when I saw this come out of Iran, because they're immediately saying this is an American uh, Zionist plot against China and against Iran. But the numbers are so skewed in Iran, and I trust them less than I do uh, uh, China. Um, But their numbers are so skewed. Their numbers are saying that there is a 20% or a 19% death rate of those who are getting coronavirus in Iran. And I thought, well, geez, Iran, China, North Korea, they all kind of work together on, you know, bad things. Is there a are we looking into what's happening in Iran at all? So you are correct, Glenn, not to trust the government of Iran on this matter or anything else. And I I suspect that one reason those numbers are so skewed in Iran is that Iran is still lying about these cases. They got to the point where they can no longer conceal it from their own people credibly, but they are still managing the flow of information. But they're saying saying now that there is, I guess our scientists, as much as we can, are saying there is no connection to China, that there's no patient zero there either. Um, I have not seen those reports, Glenn, okay. um, but um, I, every every case in the world of which I'm aware has some kind of connection back to China. It may be two or three persons removed has some kind of connection. Okay. You are correct that it's not just the 
governments of Iran and China that collaborate a lot. But there's obviously a lot of Chinese tourism that goes on in Iran. There is a lot of Chinese labor that is exported around the world to fund uh, remittances back to China. Correct. So that's, all, that's a second possibility for the outbreaks that you see in Iran and throughout East and South Asia and the Middle East is Chinese migrant labor going to these countries. Um, but the reason I suspect that you see such high rates uh, of mortality in Iran is that they are underreporting the cases they have. But unfortunately, they were probably lying all along, hoping that they can conceal the cases that are present in their borders. And they got to a point where they decided they couldn't do so anymore. I mean, I don't know if you... I don't know if you saw, Senator, the video that we just played um, that I was just describing on air, the, um, the health minister, the, the head of the health ministry in Iran, standing next to another guy from the health ministry, and the the main minister is already feverish. He's breaking yeah. out in a sweat. They now admit that he does have coronavirus. But here's this guy telling everybody what's going on, and he is... He's sick and spreading it to everybody else who's I, in the room. Yeah, I, ha- I have seen that video. Crazy. Glenn, and, and it would it would be you know funny in a Monty Python kind of way oh, if, yeah. it weren't, if it weren't so serious. Um, and this is why when there's so many unknowns, why it's so important that we continue to err on the side of caution. So that we can continue to overshare information yeah. with the American people. We be upfront and honest with them about what we know and just as important about what we don't know. And that while we are prepared for the worst in the United States, we are working overtime to prevent the worst. We, um, you know, there was a test two years ago here in the United States for a coronavirus outbreak, uh, not this one, but for an outbreak like this. We were number one in the world on response. We were the most prepared. Um, I believe we are prepared, but I don't, I mean, we haven't, if this goes through, we haven't seen anything like this in over a hundred years. And, you know, there's going to be things we're not prepared for. I'm really concerned about the economic impact. Uh, Do you believe our government is moving and doing all of the things that we can do? Is, is the administration doing all the things? I know that the president who plans to speak to the nation later today about uh, the coronavirus is deeply engaged and he's driving a lot of the response. Um, I think that we are doing everything we can at this point. The only thing I would like to see happen faster is to get testing kits out of the headquarters of the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta and get them to all 50 states. So out on the front lines, you can have prompt tests in a matter of hours like we do with the flu, as opposed to tests that take a matter of days when they go to and from Atlanta. And there's only uh, f- are there only four states now that have those testing kits? Un- unfortunately, that's the case. So I think that I, I think both the CDC and the Food and Drug Administration should aggressively use their emergency authorities under established law to encourage laboratories around the country to develop kits, get those verified, and get them used in addition to producing more of the established kits we have at CDC headquarters. Um, you would a, think that there would be a big market. Somebody, a capitalist, would look at that and go, that's a growth market. And these, and, yeah, and these laboratories, um, you know, whether they're at academic institutions or big hospitals, they, they develop their own tests frequently for all kinds of maladies, so there's no reason they can't do so now. Um, but with the proper standards and protocols, it will accelerate the dissemination of test kits all around the country. Because even if we do have an outbreak, Glenn, let's say you know that we get five five people in uh, Columbus, Ohio, come down with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It is mu- if we know it early and we can isolate those five people, 
that's much better than if there are 50 or 500 people. Yeah. So it's not just a matter of trying to prevent every single possible outbreak, but also containing it as quickly as possible. The economic impact, unfortunately, is going to take, take to a degree, as we saw in the markets this week. We, our economy is already um, dependent, uh, in many cases, on supply chains from China. I think this is going to open a lot of eyes to a point I've long made, which is that we should not be dependent on China in that regard. Thank you. But one way, one way to mitigate the economic impact here in the United States is to prevent large-scale outbreaks. Yeah, you know, we've always been blessed by our oceans. Air travel has changed this uh, somewhat, but we've always been blessed by b- these oceans that surround us, uh, and we've, we're pretty isolated, um, you know, compared to everybody else. And it has protected us, and if we can stay healthy— um, you know, and keep our doors open and get the resources that we need, we will be able to nurse the rest of the world back to health. Uh, but if we collapse, uh, this is not good. It's really not good. Now we, now we, we should be leading the world in both diagnostic testing, therapeutic drugs, and vaccine research. And, and I'm confident that the best minds we have, both in and out of the government and private research um, organizations, can develop a vaccine, develop therapeutic drugs much faster than some of the Debbie Downers predict. Do you do you believe this is virus X that we've been looking for for 10 I, years? I, I hope not, Glenn. I hope not. I hope, I hope this is a, a virus that we can bring under control and that we can develop quick testing for, we can develop vaccines for, we can identify the kind of people who are most vulnerable to it. Right now it looks like the elderly and the medically infirm are the most vulnerable for yeah. severe cases and bring it under control as quickly as possible. And but, not yeah. and not kids, right? It's not hitting kids the same way it hits old people. It's still it, That's still an unknown, okay. but among the reported confirmed cases, it appears to impact the, more severely than the young and the healthy. Um, but again, that's why we have to be prepared for the yeah. worst, even yeah. as we try to prevent the worst. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. It was quite a night last Mm. night. And if you think that Bernie Sanders is just a Swedish socialist, nope, he's not. You'll notice that he is... He's really getting angry at all of the people who are pushing him because the Democrats, they accepted him and his, they know who he is. They know who he is. They've always known. They've always known. And they've allowed him to get away with it because he could help. Uh, Now that they are freaking out that this guy is an actual Soviet. I mean, as Pete Buttigieg said yesterday, we're really going to have this debate. We're going to spend the next six months defending Castro, <laughs> who's not even alive, by the way. Right. I mean, it, it, point. it's crazy. It is crazy. Um, Bernie Sanders is. Did you notice the anger he gets? He's not backing down. Uh, and he gets yeah. real, really angry and frustrated when you challenge any of his gods of big government. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, he was chastising the audience last night when he was when he started in on on the education system that Fidel Castro was so great with in Cuba, and he got some moans in the audience over that. Really, really, yes, really, uh, Bernie. We're we're kind of 
irritated with you bringing up Fidel Castro's <laughs> education program. But literacy, isn't that good? I love that too. It's like the <laughs> yeah, liter- so was the Autobahn. Yeah, and nobody's it, praising Hitler. No, the Volkswagen, Volkswagen was, is great. Was, was yeah. great. Yeah, you know the literacy system in particular as well with Cuba. First of all, Cuban literacy was very high before Castro got there. <laughs> Secondly, the literacy system uh, system that they put in was largely a program to pr- present communist propaganda it was yeah. basically mm-hmm. forcing people to read yes read Liter- what? read propaganda literacy was it was already the most literate country in all of uh south american latin america mm-hmm. okay yeah. it was yeah. way ahead they would have gotten there without without fidel they were already mm-hmm. there yeah. Yeah. Stu is right what it was is these are the things you can read and you go to jail if you don't read right. these things so people got literate right. and <laughs> yeah. by the way in other latin american countries where they didn't have communism they surpassed cuba mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. they caught them they were behind them then they caught them and they surpassed them Shocking. in literacy let me let me just uh, play cut 24 here bernie campaign manager defense castro remarks listen to this he's talking there about education solely for the sake of indoctrination and that's a context that I think uh, that's why many people are looking at what Bernie Sanders are saying and they have problems with it. What do you say to that? There is there is no candidate on that stage who has been harsher on authoritarians than Bernie Sanders, including oh, Fidel Castro. And you have to ignore <laughs> the first half of his statement where he criticized the authoritarian nature of mm-hmm. that regime. You have to ignore the the comments that have been made by other democrats you have to ignore a lot and you have to ignore a better track record of going after authoritarianism around the world that bernie sanders has compared to every other candidate on that stage what are you Mm. talking about what what are you talking about he's praised he's praised them all yeah he praised them all and by the way you know for this for this democratic socialist and i'm sure you'll go into this on the special uh tonight glenn but for this democratic socialist the examples he picks to praise are almost exclusively revolutionary socialists Mm-hmm. They're not democratic socialists. I mean, the only one you'd even come close to would be uh, Venezuela, where there's some evidence of that. But things like Nicaragua, the Soviet Union, Cuba, these are revolutions. And let me ask you this, revolutionaries. Anybody who says, well, communism, it's just not done, you know, the right way. It's just not <laughs> the wrong people get in. The first guy, like Hugo Chavez, if he wouldn't have died, have you looked at Bernie Sanders? If he didn't die, everything would be okay. Bernie Sanders ain't going to make it eight years, okay? He's not going to make it eight years. Is that a medical opinion? That's a medical opinion. Uh, Look, look, look. I don't think he's going to make it eight years. I mean, he did have a heart attack three months ago on stage (laughs) and will not release his medical records. So it's not without uh, evidence that you'd be worried about that. So what is your long-term strategy? And... You know, the subtitle of this uh, of this show, at least internally, is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yep. You have to look at the people around. You know, Lenin, he was great. It was Stalin that was bad. Well, Stalin was the number two. And Lenin was not great. No, he wasn't great. Lenin was a nightmare that yeah. murdered four million Soviets. So four million Russians. Yeah, but four, mil- four, four million. Four million. That's not twenty like Stalin. Neither is it a hundred and fifty million like uh, Biden told us about last night with the gun violence. Holy now, to cow. me, that's too many. Okay. Well, <laughs> gun I think that's since two thousand seven, if a hundred and fifty million Americans have died at the hands of guns, he's got me there. Okay, Here it is. I'm done. Here it is. I'm out. Here it is. Cut fifteen. Every day in our country, over one hundred people die from gun violence. 
You all have plans, I know, on this stage to address the gun crisis, but Congress has not been able to pass a major gun legislation in a quarter of a century. And just think about this. In those 25 mm -hmm. years, we've had Columbine, Newtown, Parkland, Las Vegas. We could go on and on. Vice do, President yeah. Biden, I want to start with you. Why should anyone have faith that you're the one who can get this done now? Because I'm the only one that ever got it done nationally. I beat the NRA twice. I got assault weapons banned. I got magazines that could not hold more than 10 rounds in them. I got them eliminated, except we had a thing called an election with hanging chads in Florida, and it was not reauthorized. In addition to that, I passed the Brady Bill with waiting periods. I led that fight. But my friend to my right and others have, in fact, also given to the gun manufacturers absolute immunity. Imagine if I stood here and said we give immunity to drug companies, we give immunity to tobacco companies. That has caused carnage on our streets. 150 million people have mm. been killed since 2007 wow. for burning voters to exempt the gun wow. manufacturers from liability. Minutes. I don't want More liability for I want liability for guns manufacturers of 150 million Americans <laughs> have been killed since 2007. What, wow. what I love about that is he meant it. Because he goes on to say it's more than all the wars. Yeah, yeah, it is. That that's number a is lot. Higher. That's a high number. 150 million. Do we you know, know that's, that's like, crazy? Do we know the actual number? It's a hundred thousand a month. <laughs> it's like uh, three thousand an hour or something. It's it's uh, it's right? outrageous. And I and I, I want to draw the stop. line at 150 million. Look, here's million. the thing: when they say well, you're giving them li uh, no liability, imagine if we did that for drug companies. Well, we wouldn't do that for drug companies because if I'm taking the product as directed, as it is prescribed to me, mm -hmm. and I'm taking it that way and it kills me, <laughs> it is their problem. Yes. Now, if a gun, if I'm using it and shooting it, it would be called a backfire and it backfires on me. They do have liability because I was using the gun as intended the right way, the way they say it's to be used. Now, nowhere, nowhere do they say this is to be used to go out because you're high on crack or you want your crack money mm -hmm. and you're going to shoot people. That can be used for that, but that's not why they're making those. You can use them for sporting. You can use them for self-defense. You can use them for war. You can also use them to rob places. That's not according to the manufacturer. Nowhere in the instruction manual does it say, by the way, you should keep this in the back of your shirt when you walk into the bank. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. no Tobacco. Doesn't. You're using the product as directed, and it is causing you to die. A little bit there's, different. There's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. The um, actual number would probably be... You know, uh, murders like fifteen thousand. Well, yeah, well, a year. It, the uh, actual. So he was four hundred times too high on the. But number. only four hundred. But only four hundred. Only four hundred times above now, the he's actual including, number. And he's he's including, I'm sure, uh, suicides, murders. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah, so that's everything. What thirty six thousand a year or whatever? Yeah, it's thir yeah right around there. Three hundred seventy three thousand over ten years. Okay. That's including all suicides and everything else. He said 150 million. There was a number, however, from the FBI that said there was 1.5 million aggravated assaults in that timeline. So maybe okay, that's, that's what close, he was. Though, no. even, yeah, even that. Maybe he just misread the number I by know. a couple I, zeros. Well, not if he's pudding. thrown in the war time number. Time for my pudding. Time for pudding. I'm telling you, <laughs> he's he's in trouble. He's in, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. Again, we and and 
people will say, oh, you're just being critical of, you know, the Democrats. Like, I don't see that with by with uh, with Warren or Sanders or mm. I don't see that same. There's a no. there's a, there's something separate going on with Joe Biden. That's scary. Yeah, it frankly, scary. it's scary. It's sad. And sad. Yeah, it is. It's sad. sad. It is. Uh-huh. Let me go to uh, another sad performance. Cut 16, please. Here's Amy Klobuchar <laughs> about her uncle Dick. Um, I have the bill. Anyone can check it out oh, to close the, the boyfriend loophole. Also, to close the Charleston loophole is another bill that's out there, universal background checks. But let me say how we win this. We've got to win in the middle of the country. And while everyone talks about winning rural areas, suburban areas, I'm the only one up here with the receipts that has actually repeatedly, while being for the assault weapon ban, won in Republican congressional districts over and over again, including Michelle Bachman's district. Thank so you. having someone that can lead the ticket, that can bring people with her, is the way you get gun safety legislation. I look at these proposals and say, do they hurt my Uncle Dick in the deer stand? They do not. And so coming from a proud hunting state and still being able to pass this legislation is going to be the key. Okay, so uh, first of all, I don't know how you do it, except you put them in isolation chambers. Everybody's in a soundproof booth and their (laughs) mic goes off. That would be great. It would be great. Just your (laughs) mic goes off and you're still talking in that booth. Nobody's listening. It's like when you mute someone on Twitter, they keep coming. They might be insulting you, but you don't know it. You don't know it. Mm -hmm. You don't know it. I think that's the way it should be done. Um, She's actually right, but she's talking about the progressives. You have to understand Barack Obama was a Marxist revolutionary. Then he aged and he, what was it Van Jones said? Drop the radical pose for the radical ends. Okay. So Mm -hmm. he became a progressive and Bernie Sanders is not a progressive. What Amy Klobuchar here is saying is, look, we have to be able to talk to my uncle Dick in the deer stand. Uh, We have to be able to get those people. What the radicals are now saying, what the Democratic Party is now starting to embrace is the death of progressivism. It is now the revolutionary. It doesn't matter. Jam it through. Get it done. We're right. Well, that's not very democratic. That's not very democratic. But they don't care. They're no, tired they of waiting. It's it's like it's it's like the communist insurgent book that you found from France. Oh, it's kind of like yeah, that. The coming it? insurrection. Yeah, it's like oh. that. Uh, the the progressives in this country are tired of waiting, and and they're just jumping on the Bernie bandwagon, saying, "Just do it, Bernie. Just do it. Yes, just finish the total transformation that you're talking about. Finish He's going to transform job. this country. Well, Obama started it. He plans to finish it. Could we please play um, Warren, uh, where she was talking about uh, cut nine, where she was talking about Bloomberg. Senator Warren, that is a very serious charge that you leveled at the mayor. Yes. You told a woman to get an abortion. What evidence do you have of that? Uh, her own words. And Mayor Bloomberg, could you respond to this? I this never is- said it. Period. End of story. Look. Categorically never said it when it was accused, when I was accused of doing it. We couldn't figure out so, what, what she was talking what about. What she said, <laughs> what she said was... That Bloomberg, when she said, I'm pregnant, I have to go, he said, just kill it. May I ask what the problem is? Yeah. We're supposed right. to celebrate our abortions. Yeah. Why, why is it offensive mm. if the woman wants to keep her baby, it suddenly is a baby. But if you want to kill it, it's nothing. 
That doesn't make any logical sense. I don't understand how Warren has a problem with someone saying just kill it if you want to celebrate your abortion. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Here's Bloomberg now uh, suggesting that uh, Trump is going to cause the spread of a coronavirus. One of the great problems today, you read about the virus. What's really happening here is the president fired the pandemic specialists in this country two years ago. So there's nobody here to figure out what the hell we should be doing. Right. And he, nobody. he's defunded. He's defunded. Uh, Centers for Disease Control, CDC, so we don't have the organization we need. This is a very serious thing. The, 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 as you see, the stock market's falling apart because gonna, people are really worried, and they that. should be. We don't have anybody to respond. That is, that is so Ridiculous. absolutely irresponsible. So irresponsible to say that we don't have anybody to respond. We, we are the United States, and I'm going to tell you about this in about half an hour. The United States is about to go to human trials on a new drug, a new, a, a new vaccine that may work. It is something entirely different. It's not like any other vaccine that anybody has ever created ever before. The tech is so far ahead of the curve. We're about to go into human trials today. The United States of America. To say that we are not prepared for this may in the end be a, a uh, an accurate statement because when has the federal government ever been prepared for anything i was on the air the year before katrina saying if a hurricane hits here it's going to be the biggest most dangerous natural disaster in american history and they are not prepared do you remember that show? Mm-hmm. I sure do. A year, I think to the day or within a week yeah. of that happening, a year before, we're never prepared for these things. I've been on the air for 43 years now. I've been brought, I've, I was reading about uh, the, the, uh, the Russian leaders, remember when they all were dying there? You were probably about four years old. <laughs> they were all dying one after another, after another, after another. And then the Pope died and John Paul was, was brought in. I, I was doing that in the 1970s and the 1980s. I'm telling you, I am reading headlines on the air and I'm reading things that I've never seen before. I've kind of seen a lot I've never seen this before. Yesterday and today especially, I feel like I'm the guy in the movie that's on the radio that's like, and and the virus is spread again, but nothing to worry about. <laughs> the federal government says everything is okay and it's under control. And then they flash to the scene where... It's just chaos outside. Or Morgan Freeman comes in and says, but it wasn't under control. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I feel like I'm the guy who's reading that stuff now to you. I'm telling you that you should not panic. But I am also telling you in the same breath, I don't believe this is a mass death thing. It's not going to be. 
I mean, globally, it's our, yeah, right. yeah, globally, it's going to be. But it's not like this is this is not Ebola. OK, this isn't even the smallpox. This is not going to wipe out every mem- Every family had at least one member of their immediate family die. No. It's not going to be that. OK, what this will be is a major impact on your life. You are going to see things in the next year that you may have never seen before unless you remember the Great Depression. You are going to see grocery stores that have empty shelves for a long period of time. You're going to see stores close, masses amount of businesses going out of business. Those things are very likely to happen just because of the impact in China. But for anybody, anybody to use this politically, anybody to talk America down or to cause fear, this is real. This is real. It is going to impact us. The president should not be saying this is going to be over by April because nobody knows. It may be. Hopefully it will be. But nobody knows. But the economic impact is probably already set into place. We are going to be feeling this economically. And it was shameful for uh, uh, what Bloomberg did yesterday for political purposes. I want to tell you one more thing before we take a break. In 15 minutes, I'll give you the information today that you need for the coronavirus. But I want you to understand going forward... You're going to have to read between the president's uh, words. You're going to have to listen to the CDC. But a president speaks to the world and he speaks to the markets. I think it was the New York Times that said, I don't can't believe he's talking up the market. Of course he's talking up the market. Do you want the president to say, and the stock market, man, that thing could go blow to hell. (laughs) No, let's have him talk up the market. But you have to understand, the president is in a position in precarious times where he can't always tell you everything you need to know because it will affect His words are being watched everywhere. They will be taken out of context. They will be used against him and, more importantly, against you in our economy. He's got to project confidence. So you listen to the president on this, but please listen with a grain of salt and understand what he's doing and what any president, if it was Barack Obama, I would be saying the same thing. What any president should and must do at this point. Keeping information away from you is not what a president does. And I don't think our president will. And I I hope no president would. That's why I say listen to the CDC. And what they said yesterday, I have not heard the CDC ever say before, at least in my lifetime that I know of. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
America. It is Wednesday. Our Wednesday night special tonight is a don't miss. At 9 p.m. Eastern, Bernie Sanders, the radical fires, the fires of revolution. Bernie's radicals tonight at 9 p.m. We're going to talk about that coming up in a minute. But first, our coronavirus update. And today it is one you do not want to miss. What you need to know on what the CDC said yesterday, how it's going to affect you and what you should do. Our coronavirus update in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. There are two kinds of real estate agents out there, the kind that treat it like a hobby and the kind that, you know, they bust their butt because they really care. Now, if I ask you which two, which of the two types you're going to want to deal with when it comes time for you to buy or sell a house, it's clear what you're going to say. I, a long time ago, was frustrated with the hassle of dealing with real estate agents and not knowing. I mean, we just call somebody and we're like, I don't know. I see your signs. I saw your face on the bus board. We don't know who's the best. We don't know why they're good. Well, there is a system to it, and it really has a lot to do with how they advertise, how they um, get clients, especially now in the Internet age, how they get traffic to their websites. And the better they are the more they sell, and that just starts to just compile on itself. So if you want to find the ones that we have vetted, and they're the best, they're the most honorable, and they are the best in the business in your area, please, as a free service to you, just go to realestateagentsitrust.com. These are the people that most of them, I think all of them, are listeners to the program. They're fans just like you. They have the same kind of ethics, uh, and they're the best at selling real estate. Now, if if you call in and you're in a city and we don't have somebody, you know, that we really, really liked, we don't recommend anybody in your area. We won't recommend just somebody. We're going to recommend the best only. So find out whether you're moving and you need somebody in the new place or you're selling and you need somebody there. All you have to do is call realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, our... Coronavirus update today. Let me bring you up to speed. Total confirmed cases, 81,263. The total deaths, now 2,770. 43 countries have confirmed cases. Another 14 countries have suspected cases. But most countries don't even have the test for the coronavirus yet. 19% of active confirmed cases are considered serious or critical, requiring hospitalization or ICU. That's 19%. There are now 57 confirmed cases in the U.S., but zero deaths. Yesterday, the CDC admits that it is not a matter of if, but it is a matter of when it comes here to the United States. The U.S. residents, they said, should prepare for the community spread of COVID-19 in the U.S. person-to-person spread at the household, workplace, church, and social event level. I want you to listen carefully to what I'm saying. I don't want you to panic because I don't believe this is a major U.S. death event. This is a major economic event at least first this year. Uh, Donald Trump is kind of right when he says, you know, I think this will be over by April. I don't know if it'll be April, but the flu season is over in the spring. This is a flu. 
it means it will give us more time. We want to delay this as long as we can to get into summer for the flu season to stop so it it goes away so we have the rest of the summer to be able to uh, prepare for what is coming next year. The CDC said people should repair or prepare for requests to self-quarantine, avoiding all unnecessary social contact, both personal and community preventive measures. Now, think of what this is going to mean. This means that, for instance, I just read something uh, last night that they're worried now that the new James Bond is going to be a failure at the box office because who is going to go watch a movie in a movie theater, especially in the Chinese market and now in Europe? But I want you just to play this out. The reason why I say, please, this is a 2008-style warning. Hopefully, none of this will happen. But we are looking at an event. If you just take the, the, the movies... If people aren't going to the movies, that means they're probably not going out to eat before. So there you hurt the restaurant industry. They're not driving their car, so they're not going to be using as much gasoline. Uh, They're not going to be buying any popcorn. They're not going to be buying any candy. They're not going to be going to the theaters, and the theaters are going to lose money. So they're going to have to lay people off. You see how this trickles down just with one industry. This is going to happen to all industries. It is already happening, and I'll give you the details, in China. But it is going to be happening soon. If you had plans to go to Italy, please do not cancel any plans right now. A, you don't know what this is going to look like. You've got tickets four weeks away, eight weeks away, 12 weeks away. You don't know what this is going to look like. Beyond that, if you would have canceled your airline's uh, flight, if you were flying uh, flying Air Italia, and you last week would have said, I'm going to get ahead of this, I'm going to cancel, you would have lost money. Today, Air Italia has said, we're going to relieve, if you want to cancel, there's no penalty. So there are uh, reasons to stay reasonable and make the decisions at the last minute. Prepare to go. Just know that you're going to have to evaluate the week before. But don't cancel things until you know. Churches are going to have to start thinking about how are we going to meet. Personal preventive measures, including frequent washing of hands, cleaning of frequently touched surfaces, and common practices that would prevent the spread of a cold and flu. Community preventive measures include the possible, this is from the CDC yesterday, they include the possible closing of schools or teleschooling, working from home or telecommuting, and the postponement of events such as sporting events, concerts, trade shows, etc. Think of the money that is going to be lost. I'd rather lose money than lives. I want to emphasize this to you because if you're in business, you should batten down the hatches. To give you an indication, I live my own words. Uh, I am in the middle of redoing this entire studio. It's the 40th anniversary of this studio complex. 
it's never had a coat of paint on the outside, okay, ever. It's a concrete building. It's never had a coat of paint. I wanted it to look nice, so we've painted it. It's taking four months to paint this building. It is so huge. We're painting it inside and out. The outside is four months. We're redoing things. I've already spent money and torn this building apart. I have to put it back together now. If I had the information today that I would, that, you know, two months ago, I would have saved the money and said, you know what, we can wait on everything. Let's just wait and see how things work out. Because major disruption is coming. So just prepare for that. Face-to-face, according to the CDC, face-to-face interaction should be reduced whenever possible, as should physical contact such as handshaking. CDC indicates Americans should be prepared to be self-sufficient for up to two weeks in case of an at-home quarantine if it is required, including two weeks' worth of food, water, medicines, and all other household supplies. This is not a drill. I just read a commercial, and this is not a commercial now. I just read a commercial for My Patriot Supply. I've been telling you about My Patriot Supply for a long time. I told you about a month ago, you know, now's the time to get something. And they were offering a 45% uh, special. They're still doing it on their two-week kits. The deal is, two days ago when I was reading that, they weren't behind two weeks in shipping. The demand is so high now, it could be two weeks or more before you get your emergency supplies. If you want things like that, you've got to order them right now. It's you, for this, and again, not a commercial, I don't care what you do. Uh, preparewithglenn.com is where you can get the emergency food supply. It's 45% off. You can go to Costco. I've done both. I have both. My wife just went to Costco yesterday. She got peanut butter, tuna fish, dried milk, things that will last, things that are high in protein, things that you must have in the house for two weeks. This is, we must prepare for something without panic. We must prepare for something that we have never seen in my lifetime. Now, in Hong Kong, because things are so bad, imagine you can't go to work. Imagine you work at the movie theater. No one's going to the movie theater. They're closing things down. You are a part-time employee. You're not getting a paycheck, yet your mortgage still has to be paid. What's happening? Well, this is what's happening now in China. Hong Kong is now giving each adult $1,200, and they're making $15 billion available to small businesses. There is bailout that may have to happen here in the United States because of this. And it's not because of business mistakes like the last bailout. This is because there, there could be a point to where there's no business. Now, some good news. There is a new possible vaccine, but it is not just a new vaccine. It is a new kind of vaccine. A U.S.-based drug maker, you know, the ones we all are supposed to hate, has sent a new experimental SARS uh, COVID-2 vaccine to the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases to begin clinical trials. It's the rapid development of the coronavirus vaccine. 
it's not notable just because it's less than three months from the discovery of the virus, virus, but because the development of the vaccine is a brand new type of vaccine. Traditionals, uh, traditional vaccines, they have basically, you know, what do they call it? Inert. It's it's uh, a dead virus. And you have to inject the dead virus into you that tricks your body into thinking, oh, you're getting sick. And so you get a little bit of the sickness and your antibodies are triggered and it helps you uh, not get it when you're actually exposed to the virus. The problem with those vaccines is you have to grow the virus in giant vats, then kill it, then put it in the vaccine. This new vaccine is different because they have synthetically constructed an RNA strand from uh, a scratch that mimics this, but it is not the coronavirus. And this RNA strand interacts with the healthy cells inside, and, but it doesn't take over cells to produce more of itself in the way live viruses do. So this is an experimental vaccine. It is far simpler to make because you're not having to grow the virus. And working with live virus obviously is really uh, tricky. The effect should be the same. The cells should produce antigens that will cause the immune system to pr- produce antibodies. We don't know, but if successful, it will be the first time any vaccine of this type has been produced, and it could pave the way for producing similar antiviral medications, uh, not using live virus, which is really, really good. That's an American company that did this. Michael Bloomberg saying that we're not prepared and we're, we don't have the people is untrue. The world will look to America to solve this problem yet again. And my guess is if it's not us, it'll be the Israelis. But we, through capitalism, will solve this problem. By the way, the United States, there was a global test of coronavirus uh, emergency staging that happened two years ago or three years ago? Two years ago, yeah. Two years ago. They did it all over the world. Number one in in readiness was the United States. It is the reason why we have 56, 57 people here and zero deaths. And our number isn't climbing yet. It will because more people are going on planes. But do you remember what happened right after 9-11? We were told our patriotic duty was to go spend money. And you've got to get the airlines flying again. As we, as we stop flying, as we stop doing the things we always do, I warn you, real economic trouble is on the way, and that will change everything. We have to be calm, rational, and leaders so it doesn't change our political landscape for the rest of our lives. The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.